hundred percent. Hundred percent. Woo! <laughs> yeah, let us know in the comments if you like that. Uh, we've got energy levels. It appears. I I I used up probably like six months of my lifespan. The best job ever. God, I love it. Mm. Uh, just yes. being there, being here, being everywhere, talking. Oh, mm. When it comes to caffeine, I'm the man. Well, man, you yeah. got the cantrip. <laughs> I'm the man. All right. You got right. this. Byron, you got this. Mm. Right there. Yes. Mm. All right. Mm. Read exactly what it is or woo, be destroyed. Woo. Yeah. All right. Give it to me. Welcome to Caffeine and Cantrips, uh, the show where we talk about D&D, or else, hello, I'm buyer number 143, and I'm Sean, 87, that's right, not 86, not 84, whoa, exactly at, exactly at, my guy, you're excited, exactly hey, at, I got this, I got Winner. this, this week, these two infectious cum and kissing bum babies, whoa, fucking put a personal growth, you, and how to put your character in the best position to change. Boom! All right, everyone. Welcome once more to Caffeine and Cantrips. Uh, in today's episode, we will be talking about how to roll your RP checks with advantage. Uh, just talking about upping your role-playing game in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, absolutely. And and what you can do to really make sure that you guarantee yourselves. Mechanically, obviously, there's ways to do this. Of course. In the game to, to grant yourself advantage. So we wanted to look at how to how to really add that kind of advantage or how to add that preamble before to set up so that you get the best chance of succeeding. At what your goal is, and that may not always be success or victory, right? You can you can attempt to succeed at defeat, which is something kind of cool too. Or attempt to de- defeat and success. <laughs> yes, snatching from one. jaws. Yes. Um, in any case, yeah, I, I believe everyone uh, is your RP is good, good enough for wherever you're at. But I think it can be argued that uh, we can always be better. Well, and that's probably part of the reason why right. you're watching right now Absolutely. Is, is that you want to improve either yourself or your table presence or your table as a whole. If you're kind of the one of the leaders that goes out and seeks new information to bring back to the, the tribe or to yep. the group or whatever yep. it is and to make everybody better, then, yeah, this is this is be, we're here because you're looking for it. So let's uh, give you what you're looking for. All right. Find some stuff. Sweet. Byron, you want to start us off? You know what? Um, <laughs> you I know think what? <laughs> I do. I think I do want to. Um, and, you know, the first thing that I think that we need to do is to kind of cross and blur the lines a little bit. I know bit what's coming. I know what's coming. Them, right? And, um, well, yeah, you got you to gotta like and subscribe. We got to get out of the game, get back into real life, get your head in it, and just 
like and subscribe so that we can get out there and Absolutely. help more people who are looking for these types of things or, you know, feed the algorithm so that it can get to the rest of the people at your table. Mm-hmm. Right? While you're looking up mm-hmm. all of these live plays, you're looking up all these shows or you're looking up all the horror stories or whatnot. Let's try and prevent horror stories. Let's try and make some glory stories. I mean, I don't know if a glory story is a thing, but let's still leave that that glory story. I like it. Or else. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. But no, blending the fandoms. Yep. Let's let's get Sithy with this. Oh, right. Sithy, like. Sithy, like. Yeah, like. Not not Jedi. Not Jedi. Let's go the other side. Okay. Because one of the famous lines is uh, only a Sith deals in absolutes. And what. Only a Sith? Only. And what we need to do is we need to look at when we start off, we know that we need to improve, right? And it doesn't matter where you're at in your journey. Everybody can always improve. No one is perfect, right? Even the people who are masters of the craft, it's harder for them to improve because the change is so small in what they're doing, but they can still get better at what it is that they are attempting to do. So... Can they, though? Can they? They can. They yeah. absolutely can, if they want to. Yes, of course. Right? And and so when we think about this, we need to look at what our absolute range is, right? And, and what we've played before, what we've seen before, what we've ingested through media, through TV, movies, books, and all of these things. Okay. Look at the scope of knowledge that we have, because ultimately we can only create from what we know. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when we go out there and we find we need to find where those barriers are and where that kind of outlying scope of what our knowledge is so we can start to pick and choose where we want to improve. OK, like within ourselves, within our understanding yourself. OK, yeah, because ultimately, I think and I think this is, this is a great kind of perception shift is that there's multiple ways to fix or to increase your RP potential. Some of those is going to be from the point and the view of the character. Some of those are going to be from the view of the player. Okay. Right? Because once again, the character is something that we've created as the player. Yes. Right? Yeah. And we've talked about this before. So when we're going through this, and if you've if you've been with us for a little while, um, and we talked about creating characters that matter, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We talked about starting off your character with some benefits, with some hindrances, with these kinds of things that makes it so that it's not just like a smooth line. We want to add some texture to that. And so when we're looking at where we want to improve, well, maybe this is why we're looking to improve in this particular area because we've added a certain type of texture to that character that we want Mm -hmm. to explore. Right, right. Right? That makes sense, right? Yeah. So when we're going through these new ideas asking ourselves good questions mm-hmm. about what we want to do to advance the character and okay. what kind of story we want okay. to tell and what tropes we want to follow and whatnot. It's it's going to be a specific identification of where we want to go with that. Right. So yeah, that's all that stuff that we talked about in that last episode, right? Yeah, exactly. And that that is the foundation for us right. now to okay. go in because all of that was creating the character. Right. That wasn't playing the character. Right? Yeah. So, so if we've, if we've, done that great if we haven't done that go back check it out mm-hmm. right add in those dynamics yeah add in those levels right and then now that's going to start informing us questions about like i said where our ultimate boundaries are and where we want to kind of push and explore mm-hmm. right and that can be tropes that can be themes right that can be um character gender 
right? That can mm-hmm. be anything, right? Whether right. whether it's a, a martial exploration, a, a magical exploration, something in, in between, between, right? Yeah. Um, these things can really start to inform us as to how we want to kind of go forward. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and knowing kind of or having an idea of where you want the destination to be, mm-hmm. that can give you advantage on creating right. steps towards that, right? Absolutely. Beginning with the end in mind yeah. type thing. Um, not that that's a necessary, you don't necessarily have to know what your ultimate goal is mm-hmm. at the end of the day, but have an idea on which point of the compass it is, right? And, and kind of head in that direction and see what happens. Right. It sounds like when you say ultimate goal, is that talking about the, as a player, your ultimate goal or as the, as the character's ultimate goal? And that's fun to have both, right? So we yes, can, we can absolutely. have... This is what the character believes because I've set up in my backstory that my character wants to be the best mushroom farmer in Ellsworth, right? And that's what he wants to do. Yeah. His, his, his family's been mushroom farmers. They're known for being mushroom farmers. Right. Okay, great. Well, he discovers that there's a special type of mushroom on the mountain, right? A, a traveler comes through, a merchant traveler comes through, talks about how there's this famous super meaty delicious mushrooms that only grow on the south side of the volcano mountain that's across the continent. And so he knows that if he's going to truly be outstanding right. in his family and set up the legacy and really cement that, right. he's got to go get some of that mushroom spores from the mountain <laughs> and bring them back to grow them in his garden. <laughs> right. Right. And so you go, okay, that's the character's goal. Yep. Right. As the player, well, as the player, I want him to fail. I want him to understand that there's more to life than mushrooms. Right. 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 right? And, 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 having that character whose idea of the world is this super small scope, mm-hmm. it's a super small pinpoint versus what the world actually is. Right. The player can want the character to go and experience the world and, and maybe lose faith in the idea that that tiny, tiny world is right. where you can find success. And then maybe that's the character question. Right. right. Is, is what defines happiness mm-hmm. in, in someone's mm-hmm. life, right? Or a search for happiness or you could do anything. Right. You can do anything. With right. It. But having, having goals from the character's level mm-hmm. and having goals from the player's level, right. um, like we've talked about before, asking a player, how do you want your character to die? Right. Right? Like right. Y- the, the, the character doesn't want to die. No. Hopefully. Maybe they do. I don't know. That's, that's something that you can decide for yourself when you're making a character with meaning and exploring death perhaps. But how you want things to play out and how you can control and kind of DM your PC. Right. Right. To get into these things and to mm-hmm. really kind of create value. Um, yeah, absolutely. You can have multiple layers of yeah. goals. Right. Well, and maybe you should, right. Maybe creating additional yeah. tension and additional layers in that direction. I think if you can, why not? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then ultimately what that's really going to do is it's going to decide for you whether you want a natural progression for your character so that they react just to the story around them that's happening mm-hmm. and through the other player characters mm-hmm. that are at the, at the table and, and kind of experiencing their world. Or you have decided, like we talked about with the mushroom farmer, I want him to forget about mushroom farming. So I just, I need to get him out of that comfortable space of his home that he knows and he's got right. any controls right. and whatnot. Once I get him out of that space, mm-hmm. Then he can go a little bit crazy and he can go a little bit wild. He can start experiencing all the wonders that the world has. Right. But I need to force him out yes. of that, that yeah. comfortable spot in order to create that change. Right. Right. And so deciding how much kind of forced progress versus natural progression mm-hmm. you want to do. 
And, you know, sometimes people need a push, right? This is, this is, this is a, a trope that exists in a lot of different stories, that there's times where people just need a push to get out of their, their right. zone, right? And if you have to deus machina it a little bit. Do you, well, then do you think that push is more uh, coming from you as the player or you think more from the DM? Well, or can, a little bit of both? It like, can come you... from either, but you as the player need to decide to jump on the hook. Mm-hmm. Or grab that bait, right? right. Yeah. You, you know it's bait, but you just gotta you just gotta grab it and go with it. Yeah. Right. And understand that this is this is the decision that I'm making for better future RP. Right. Or in like, this case, this is the decision I'm making so that there is a story that this character. Right. Like this is, this is, this is quote unquote the wrong choice. Yes. But I'm doing it because to force my character to Absolutely. grow in a certain way absolutely okay. this is how they enter in the story this is my reason why they became an adventurer mm-hmm. this is my yeah, right all of those things that we've talked about are very important in the past this is how you kind of feed right. that into right. them like they definitely should not antagonize the bandits but i'm gonna make them do it yes yeah okay. yes okay that makes sense right that makes sense and and i think that when we start talking about that then we get to really kind of explore the idea of what we want to see from our character mm-hmm. and what we want to do with them, and how better to do that than kind of get to know them. Right. No, I do think that getting to know your character is really important when it comes to um, being able to role play as that character um, in a way that feels natural and not mm-hmm. sort of um, uh, sort of gimmicky. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I know, getting to know, like, what does that mean to get to know your character? It's to understand their um, sort of goals and their motivations. We hopefully have set that up uh, at character creation. Mm-hmm. Um, at least for their initial understanding right. of the world and the right. perspective of the world. Yeah. Right. But we should, I think you, as a player, you should always have that sort of uh, stuck in your mind whenever it is time to RP, um, which in my opinion is all the time. What time is it? RP time. time. <laughs> yes. Um, same RP channel. Yeah. Same RP time. Uh, it's all the time. Yes. Like, um, so that means whenever you your character has to say anything or make any sort of decision, um, you should keep in mind this sort of framework that you have already set up um, of their goals and their motivations and then feed everything through that rubric or that lens mm-hmm. um, and that will inform uh, the character's actions or words in a way that is now unified mm-hmm. right so that they're not they're not like they don't seem like they're different people depending on what sessions you are what session during the campaign around or depending on your own mood they, they've always all the actions are going through that lens of motivation this is the motivation. This is their goals, and everything they do kind of uh, is colored by that lens. Right, right, and that's kind of an ultimate goal, right? Is to mm-hmm. while you're at the table, almost do a suspension of disbelief of yourself. Mm-hmm. Right, you become your own kind of narrator voice, but yeah. ultimately you try and assume a persona so that you don't have to necessarily have all this pre-filter. Right, right. You can yeah. just flow through that rubric and just kind of act out and become the character at the table. Yeah, yeah, it's, I find it, it's, it's interesting because as a 
player when you do this, you kind of have to have, like you said, there's two levels of sort of goals mm-hmm. uh, and 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 motivations. There's there's characters and then there's yours. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to have sort of these two levels sort of happening simultaneously, mm-hmm. right? Of what do I want my character to, to happen to him or how do I want how do I want my character to develop? And then when you go down to actually uh, RP, get that really directly put in sort of filter what I want them to do for this reason and then put it through that filter of the character's motivations and goals so then it can uh, flavor it mm-hmm. into that character, mm-hmm. right? Because theoretically this way, then there's there's six characters in the party. All the players are putting through, um, say they're all making their, uh, making a hamburger conceptually. Okay. But if you put through like different filters, we'll have different hamburgers in the end. Mm-hmm. Right and or so, different ingredients, different. Yeah, in, yes. in the end, if you yes. just see the hamburger, you know which character that hamburger came from. Yes, right. Like each character um, is trying to negotiate with uh, the mayor, but you'll see them to do it in, in in distinctly different ways that are unique to that character that feels like that character because everything that has gone out from that character has come through that framework. Right. Right, and that brings a, a level of believability and consistency um, that I think will uh, add a, a level of sort of uh, realism to your RP. Hmm. Right, because because it's it's you can kind of tell when someone is just doing the things that they think. This type of person will do, as opposed to like really um, compared to someone who just is that type of person and does it. You know, it's someone interesting. Like, yes, who, who's so, pretend, who yes. is pretending or doing the things that cool people do. Yes, as opposed to a cool person who doesn't care about anything and they're just right. them. And they they have like, the essence of cool, and whatever they do then becomes a cool thing. Versus the person who's yes trying to emulate that. Yeah, like I always take Brad Pitt as an example. Like I don't know why he's so cool, but he, but it seems like he doesn't do anything he's super cool mm-hmm. right but that's just because it feels like it's that's just who he is right right as opposed to someone who is like acting like brad pitt you're like what are you trying to like this is not you can t- somehow you can tell it's not well we, real, we as right? we as humans right we have a sense of being genuine mm-hmm. and experiencing mm-hmm. genuine things right and and however you want to call it or dictate it there is a sniff test that we have to kind of go through and go past, right? To understand who is acting right. and who is. Right. Right. And and this is this is one of the things that I mean it's it's spy tropes as right. far as the eye can see, right? right? Of of people acting like somebody else and other people trying to figure out who is the 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 double agent or the traitor or right. the spy or whatever right. it is. And that's that's a whole idea um and genre almost unto itself of Trying to decide what is genuine and what is like a mm-hmm. false genuinehood right. adopted. Right? right. So, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, and I can understand if the, the thought of doing this is kind of daunting because it, it's, it's, it's actually pretty complex to have those two levels of me as a player mm-hmm. and my motivations and then the character as, 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 as a character and their motivations and trying to filter my thoughts through their thoughts and then to finally... Mm-hmm. Sort of uh, bring something out into the into the role playing world. 
Um, but but ultimately, like we talked about, you need to do more. Yeah, if you can. Right. So if, yeah. if your system doesn't include that, right. if your system only includes player level goal mm-hmm. setting, mm-hmm. right, then maybe that's where we need to add that sublayer mm-hmm. of character level yeah. stuff. And yeah. then we can start seeing that there's a, a process flow yeah. of these ideas moving yeah. from our world reality into their world fantasy. No, abs- absolutely. Um, and and it, if it, you've never done that before, of course it's going to be kind of uncomfortable mm-hmm. or maybe difficult. and Or it's going to feel cumbersome. Or, or like maybe disjointed even, right? Yeah. But there are ways, I think, of, of starting off with like sort of little steps. Mm. Um, and one of them is at your character creation. Uh, think about sort of their, their backstory and who they are and then come up with sort of a, a character quirk or a tick. Um, it could be things like a saying that they always do. Like you see that all the time in, in cartoons, like, believe it. Like that's what they say all the time. Whenever. <laughs> right. Yes. Who's that? Ah, uh, that's my buddy Naruto. No, that is <laughs> right. Or, or, or whatever, right? like a catchphrase. My buddy. Or maybe not my buddy. No, I, no. Sasuke. What? Huh? <laughs> what you call me? what you call me? Sasuke. Hokage. Enough. That's what you call me. <laughs> Please continue. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks. I've lost my train. You of lost your train. No, okay, no, no. It, it's 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 setting up little sort of ticks and yes. little behaviors um, that you can just do to remind yourself and everyone that this is the kind of character that mm-hmm. um, we've mentioned it before. Like just sort of habits that, that you always do, small things, mm-hmm. and you have a list of them. Like maybe they they never go in to a room first. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they never have their back to a window mm-hmm. or they never sleep in their own bed, right? Or um, they never say please or thank you. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Um, one, of, one of my new favorites mm-hmm. that I've seen recently is um, they collect a certain type of object or item. Oh, okay. So maybe they collect bottles. Mm-hmm. Just wherever they go, they, or they collect maybe steins or right. like uh, tankards or whatever, but they collect something wherever they go. And so there's always like a, there's always a question to ask no matter what merchant you're talking to. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, you got any silver spoons? Uh, no, I don't have any silver spoons. Why would you need a silver oh, just, I'm just looking for silver spoons. That's all. Yeah. Right. And then, okay. It means nothing. Perhaps mm-hmm. maybe it means something. Maybe it's, maybe there, there's a shamanistic value to silver spoons. To mm-hmm. Maybe not. Maybe they just like little silver spoons. Right, right, and so just picking little, a little something. It's something they, that that c- c- continues um, yes. through every sort of interaction or happening for that uh, character that mm-hmm. connects all that character throughout time. Mm-hmm. It's time, yes. right? That you're like, oh, that's the character. Mm-hmm. Like our two characters when we RP'd together, and we're like, is this the restaurant that serves dog? Mm-hmm. Do you serve dog? I'm gonna check. Mm-hmm. Right, that was one of the little things that we set up, right? And it it honestly does add a lot, and it's and it's really. Simple to do. Yeah. And it, it can inform and feed RP later. Like, mm-hmm. You know, for instance, the barbarian that likes spoons uh, gets kidnapped from the party. And so he Hansel and Gretel style breadcrumbs his spoons. Right. He'll drop it in the forest right. or whatever. So when the party is coming after to investigate, they see spoon and they know immediately. Yep. This, this is, is a clue in order to find it. Because yeah. we know that these things are so dear to that character. Yeah. They wouldn't just throw them away, mm-hmm. even though it's just a dumb spoon, right? Like you can still inform. You go, oh, okay, this is serious now. Now we know this isn't a game or a trick or a, yeah. a nature walk gone wrong, right? 
And that can really, yeah, it can definitely inform um, just a weird idiosyncrasy in the character. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, in a way, it's, it's, a, it's a plot hook or a character hook mm-hmm. that you've Definitely can the- be. Right. Definitely right. It's in the grab bag, right? It's well, in the bag yeah, of stuff. It's all the little you tools that you have. As a player. Yeah. Yes. Like very similar as, as being a DM, but you've yeah. got your little character tricks. Yes. Right. That you have in there as a, as a player, right? And, and they're super useful. Yeah. And the more you have and the more experience you get at doing this, you can just sort of place them out into the world, into the RP. And if people pick it up, they awesome. If they don't, that's okay because then I can try something else later. Exactly. Um, because it's always RP time. All, literally it's, it's always yeah. rp time right yeah. and there's and you'll find that getting there once again is it just travel okay well let's do more let's make it travel well, it can RP. be just travel but is it more right? fun if we rp correct is right. it a camp is it watch overnight right mm-hmm. everybody roll your perception checks for your your watch or is it we're gonna watch but also my character wants to have a conversation with your character so mm-hmm. we don't normally go and watch together but I'm going to switch from watch number one to watch number three because I want to talk to you about something yeah. in private. No, I've, I've done pri- that lots of times. Like, oh, this character goes off by their own because they, they don't want, they're mad. They don't want to be with anyone. Mm-hmm. Oh, I go with them. Mm-hmm. You find, <laughs> right? a, like, you find a reason. They're right? so mad. But it doesn't. That's why. Yeah. It's because it, it's an opportunity. Correct. You got to look for those little nuggets of, of, of opportunity and take them. Mm-hmm. Right? And they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Is it just combat where I'm rolling dice? Or is it an opportunity for role play? Well, it's always an opportunity. It can be. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, it always is, right? Okay, yeah. I rolled a 14. It does three damage. How many ways can you improve that? I don't right? know. Like, the, DM, the DM got a call on his phone and his dog died. Maybe that's not the best time for RP. Okay. But that would be outside of the game. <laughs> when we're in the game. I just, Tommy just went into the washroom. The rest of us are, are, are playing and... And he's doing voices? He's t- Who's he talking to in there? He's just having a... I don't know what... Uh, I'm dropping a big one, boys. Yeah, it's a big one. Uh, can you stop? Can you... Not... Sh- this is not the time. Just turn on Always the time. Always time for RP. Um, yeah, you're right. Sure. But when we're playing the yes, game and we're trying yes. to layer up, 100%. I think it's worth it. 100%. 100%. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let us know in the comments if you like that. Uh, we've got energy levels, it appears. I, I, I used up probably like six months of my lifespan. I was going to say, yeah, you, you definitely you have to go up a gear. <laughs> but, I mean, besides doing those kinds of things, getting to know your character, yes. uh, talk, discuss your character with the other players. Discuss yes. your character with the DM and sort of figure out how your character fits in with the party. Mm-hmm. Sort of maybe even rough out um, sort of added rough attitudes between party members. Mm-hmm. Like, I like this person. I don't like that person because of this, because of that. Right? I'm uncomfortable with that person because of this. Um, but for sure, talk to the DM as well. Um, so you can figure out um, how your character fits in with the larger game world around you. Because it's when you're sort of building your character, it's a little bit in isolation. Um, but bringing the DM... Because mm-hmm. they're in charge of the world, to figure mm-hmm. out sort of your context of your like. Yes, my character is uh, a mushroom farmer, but maybe it's good to know how society in general views mushroom farmers, mm-hmm. and maybe that'll inform um, your character's motivation to become the best, right? Or maybe to redeem mushroom. Farmers. I don't know what it is, right? Depending mm-hmm. on how the world views them, 
right? Um, okay, so then how do you how do you yep. let's let's dig in a little bit more, okay? There, right, because we're talking about a lot of a lot of kind of conceptual stuff, mm-hmm. but how would you you know feet to the fire? Yep. How would you create? Um, like we said, RPing with advantage. How mm-hmm. are you going to create more value in a conversation between the mushroom farmer and the merchant who knows a hundred mushroom farmers? And mushroom farmers are just farmers, right? They're just another produce thing. They don't like each other because one guy thinks that he's got the best, right? Right. But everybody thinks they've got the best, whatever. Right. So how would you create more value in the conversation between kind of the the market merchant leader mm-hmm. and and your mushroom farmer? Well, I think it's interesting. You have to, as a player, uh, first, you need to pay real good attention of sort of what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, my, my character is the mushroom farmer. Here is the merchant. They don't give a crap about mushroom farmers. Uh, but my guy wants to be the best, mm-hmm. right? Maybe it's a simple question of finding that. How do I, as the player, make my character uh engage with this um, mushroom merchant as opposed to just being another mushroom farmer. It could be simple as, oh, you know a lot of mushroom farmers. What do you think makes the best mushroom? Mm -hmm. And then there you go, right? All of a sudden, you're not just another mushroom farmer. Now you've established that you're a mushroom farmer that wants to be the best. Mm -hmm. Maybe not the best yet, probably not. Right, but then you then you have it there. Then the DM's like, oh, okay, I've got something to do now, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's just how you 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 can um, provide value to uh, everyone else on the table and not just yourself. I mean, right, yourself for sure. Uh, but just that because the DM now has something to do and to bounce off of and to riff off of because RP really is this uh, exercise in. Um, Improvisation, absolutely right. So it's you find those opportunities to, uh, to for other people to bite onto your hook, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Right. So you really need to uh, make sure you understand um, sort of who your character is. So that's step one. Yeah. And then from there, you need to really listen carefully to what the DM's describing, mm-hmm. um, to what other players are doing and saying. And looking for those opportunities to uh, provide value, right? Right, like uh, the, the 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 someone says something like, "Oh, they don't like; they're scared of demons mm-hmm. because they have dreams or something." Um, that is an invitation for mm-hmm. RP. Yes, right. But if you're not paying attention, uh, you'll miss it. And I mean. And I don't mean in the sense of paying attention as opposed to not being on your phone. Although I do mean that as well. Right. Don't, don't be on your phone. Don't be like watching YouTube mm-hmm. videos and reading YouTube comments. <laughs> you should be making comments on That's this right. video. That's yeah. right. <laughs> and if your DM doesn't like you writing comments on our videos while you're playtime, just get them to DM us. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe that's okay at your table. That's fine too. Right. Um, but I think you will be missing out on opportunities um, to, like you said, uh, add to the RP, to, to create better RP for yourself, but better RP for other people too. And like we said, right, you have to, not only do you have to pay enough attention to realize that a hook was given, mm-hmm. 
but you also need to now activate yourself yep. and choose to do something to interact with that hook mm-hmm. because everything is a hook potentially. Yes. Right. And, and knowing it's a hook is one thing using it as a hook to create more RP yeah. is another level to it. Right? Yeah. So, so you have to be aware enough to see these hooks yeah. and then you have to act on the opportunity of this, whether that's now like, Oh, my character's afraid of demons. Okay. I need to write that down. Because mm-hmm. now my character knows how to pull pranks on this character. Yeah. Maybe that's the RP I want to create because that's the type of character. Or my character is more that wise and mentor thing. Like, well, mm-hmm. what is it about demons that scares you? I should talk to the young yeah. lad or lass or whatever. Right. right. And just let them know that demons don't exist in this world. Right. That's mm-hmm. that's just mm-hmm. stories that we tell children. And then, yeah. you know, they break the hell seal. And now the <laughs> character's got to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, demons are real. Like, oh, Come on, yeah. you know, I was yeah. wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> My goodness. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sit a while and listen. <laughs> so so it's, it's important, though. That you're right when you say you have to be aware of what's going on. Yeah. Because you have to be there enough to be aware that there is more that you can do the more you pay attention to. Yeah. Right. And if everybody is also leaning in and paying attention to Mm -hmm. what's going on around them and then activating on each other's hooks as well as the DM's kind of story hooks and whatnot, you're going to have too much game to play. Yeah. You're really going to have too much game to play. And that's awesome. Yeah. That's when you go, I don't even know what happened this session. Like I, I, just, yeah, I, I don't even yeah. know. We walked into town and then all of a sudden this happened, that happened. Then we talked about this and we got going over here. And I think really what it comes out as is like, you'll come out saying, man, I really love our characters. Mm-hmm. I love how they interact together around the town. Mm-hmm. It feels so dynamic, but so natural. Yes. Right. Um, because it's, it's funny when you're paying attention, um, there will be sort of uh, many times where a character is, or a player is not actually putting their hooks out to invite RP, but there's just something there that you see that you can mm. go and sort of grab onto mm-hmm. and be like, oh, you didn't know about this, but here, mm-hmm. right? Um, I can give you an RP hook about your character. About your, yeah, I yeah. saw it. I'm interested. I'm going to give you now the opportunity yeah. to engage with your own story through me. Yeah. Yes. Right. And, the, and that, cool. and that, um, uh, improvisational technique of, Yes, and it definitely mm-hmm. works very well in, 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 in D&D. Not just yes, because I think a lot of people might just stop at yes. Like, oh, this thing happens, that's cool. And they'll sort of, their characters will go and interact with it, interact with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll, I'll listen to your story, to your backstory. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that sounds rough. Let me buy you a beer. And, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Right? But they don't have the extra and. So then what? This what does your character do? What do you give back? Yeah to the other player mm-hmm. so that they can take it back. This is the adding more. Yes. yes and. Yep. And is an entire other step, and it's way more effort than just yep. yes. Yeah. Right? And that's really the, the crux and the key of, of having this uh, sort of dynamic and moving RP mm-hmm. that you're like, oh, man, like the, the characters are just somehow naturally moving somewhere that neither of us n- sort of planned out. Natural progression. Right. Right. Yes. But it, it's funny. It's also because you have the, see, the, the character is a natural progression, but sometimes when you get like nuanced about it, it's also forced from the player point of view. The, you, the player is forcing natural progression by yeah. making them lean in, right? Yeah. By making the characters pay yeah. attention. Yes. Like I remember I would, when I was playing D&D with the group, I would make my character just follow people for 
mm, not really any good reason except they just wanted to go with them. Well, and this is, right. you know, going back to your example of the person who's mad or wants to be alone or whatnot, so mm-hmm. they remove themselves from the party. You're right when you you say that you looked for an excuse yeah. to negate their want to be alone. So, mm-hmm. oh, we're on a street and they go sit underneath the tree. Yeah. The, the tree <laughs> yeah. that's providing shade, yeah. Yeah. right? Because they want to go be alone, so they want to go and, you know, huff against a tree or whatever it is, Right. Your character goes, oh, that's a great idea to get out of the sun. Yeah. I'm going to go over there too. Right? And yeah. we, we don't need to talk. You can, you can brood if you want to, but I'm also here if you want to brood to me. Right? And, yeah. and put out those seeds potentially. Or mm-hmm. vice versa, you can brood and I can just relax. Yeah. Right? And then maybe there is nothing. But you, you tried to create the opportunity for that mutual exchange of little nuggets of information. Well, and even having your character just be there allows you as a player to have another sort of uh, little nugget of something that you mm-hmm. can use later. I remember once I I went with with the the warlock to to the to the to the morgue, and whatever happened there, I I lots I, happened there. I, I sat on that little nugget for yeah. like months. Yes, right. Yes, before it came back up. But, again. but I knew I, I know, I'm going to bring this up later. Yes. And it was, it was a great reveal when it happened. Yeah. Right. That's something that you, those two characters experienced had kind of that bonding Mm -hmm. glue between them, but then it became a secret with one character thinking it's a secret and the other character thinking that's just normal for them perhaps. Yeah. But it is weird. Yeah. Right. So, okay, sure. It wasn't a secret to the the second character, Mm -hmm. but it just never came up because just, Things don't always come up in conversation yeah. until way later when it does. And then everybody goes, well, wait, what? No, that's not normal. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then, yeah. and then a conversation is had in, in a fun, non-accusatory, non-judgmental yeah. way. But that was an example of uh, sort of forced natural progression. Mm-hmm. Are you going to go somewhere? That looks interesting. I'll go too. Why not? I'm mm-hmm. not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I don't, absolutely. So I think, yeah, just by, like I said, it's not necessarily easy to do that. Uh, but it's if we if you if we want to sort of up our our sort of RP yes. in our group, uh, just do it, even doing it once or twice, uh, pulling it off, you'll you'll feel the difference. And it's it's like hitting that perfect golf swing mm. for the first time in golf. And you're like ping. And you're like Whoa, that's the best, the best. And the then best. You'll be you'll you'll play for years and years before you do it again. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> you'll be searching for it forever, absolutely. Right? You'll be searching. You're constantly searching. and so in the end, you'll be and you're just improving and improving. And, improving and that's and a great example. Right? You know, set set a goal for yourself when mm-hmm. you go into your next session and say, "I want to lean in harder than I ever have." Like this, yeah. this session, I'm gonna go make sure that I'm fully hydrated. I'm fully stocked up on food and whatnot, so I'm not going to be worried about being hungry or having mm-hmm. snack cravings or whatever. I'm going to be fully caffeinated, if that's your thing, yep. or whatever, so that I don't have to worry about that stuff so that I can give 100% attention to this yep. next session. Yeah, Whatever it's going to be, an, an hour, two hours, three hours, five hours, whatever it is, set yourself the mental task of being hyper-present. Yeah. For one session yeah. and see how it feels and see if you like what comes out of it mm-hmm. when you create that opportunity for more opportunity. Yeah. Um, and if it is good, then you'll want to do it more. Yeah. And if it's great, other people will recognize it in you mm-hmm. 
and and they'll want to figure out what you're doing to and make I, it better. I guarantee it'll change your table. Yes. It'll it'll change your table. Yeah. All it takes is one person to start doing that. And the other people will feel it and be like, that's cool. How'd you do that? Mm-hmm. I want to do that too. Mm-hmm. Right? Because we're, I think we're all playing D&D for the same kind of reasons. Yes. Uh, so when you see someone else up the game, I'm sure there's some people who are like, no, I'm going to drag you down. But we don't want those people anyways. I, yeah, <laughs> like, in, in, well, those are going to be your competitive people, right? And that's that's fine to have that competitive kind of streak to it. But I don't know. There's good competitive and there's bad competitive. competitive we've talked like, about like, this I'm going to pull right? you down. Yes. And there's competitive like, oh, I'm going to do better than you. Yeah. And that's good. Crabs in the bucket, my guy. <laughs> I don't think that's the tune. But that's okay because then it won't get copyrighted. Oh, I just did that again. I, yes. I love Arcade being on the card. Beating up my microphone. But yeah, no, the other thing that I think really when you talk about like the natural progression, the force progression, um, is if we could force you to progressionally smash that like button. Oh, I want you guys to force our progression. Ooh, that's a good one. That's right? a good that's one. That's what yes. it is, right? Yeah. By clicking on that like and subscribe. Yeah, and then we will. A notification bell? I don't know how things work. I mean, why not? Who doesn't like to ring a bell? If you've never, like, rang a bell, you should go do it because it's pretty awesome. Especially ours. Uh, yeah. Hey, ring, ring my, my bell. bell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on that beautiful note, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's really <laughs> fun to... Um, have these kinds of epiphanies when we, we go in and we've decided and we've dedicated ourselves to improving, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Right. Personal growth, whatever. Um, when we go in and we decide with intention just to make our lives a little bit better. Yeah. Right. And, and, and whatever kind of source of motivation that you go out and you seek in your life or whatever kind of comes to you that makes you, you know, when you're watching TV, or you're watching a movie or your anime or whatnot, and you see two characters have a moment and mm-hmm. somebody says a line and you're like, damn, that line was stone cold. Like it was just, no, right. it was a mate. It was, it was heavy, but it was delivered in a certain way that made it feel light and irreverent. But then ultimately in the context of the story and the character, and you're just like, that was perfect. Mm-hmm. That, that just mm-hmm. the, the, everything about that was perfect. And of course it was in that sense because it's been manufactured to be that way. Yeah. But, you know, when you see those points of inspiration, and we talked about points of inspiration in creating characters before. Yep. But when you see those points of inspiration out there, those are, the, that's real life hooks to improving mm. your RP. Right. Right. Like, okay. go back, in, watch it, enjoy it, right? The first time through. Let it sink in because you're watching that for entertainment. But then go back to that scene that you saw that made you go, oh, that's a great line or whatnot. And watch how the narration of the story set up to that. Question why the individuals get away with saying the thing that they did mm-hmm. when, they, when they got there. Um, and, and use that to kind of give you guidance perhaps on how to create more weight or more gravity or more levity to what it is that you're doing. Okay. Right, because why not? We're we're constantly taking in these this chosen art form, right? And then take little pieces of that, and then with intention, add those into your game, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Oh, that character always like we're saying we pick character tropes or yeah. character kind of things. Yeah, that character always is at a quarter turn. They never face directly into their friends, into their enemies, into their. Why is that? Does the character only half commit to things? Does the character want to seem 
more distant than they actually are, right? Like they just want better lighting. <laughs> maybe they want a more dynamic pose. <laughs> Absolutely. But when, when we go and we talk about these things, yeah. right? Like that's that's a great way of taking these visual cues, right, and these cool things. Yeah. And adding them to our own lexicons so that we can add them to our character tropes to make mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. better. And when we're doing this, when we're adding these cool little nuggets, what we're doing is we're assembling our vocabulary of RP mm-hmm. and whatnot. And mm-hmm. when we take our vocabulary and we increase its size and whatnot, really to kind of laminate this to the idea of, of getting your RP to an adv- a point of advantage. Right. Right. And to leveling it up and making it better. We have to understand that we are playing a game, right? And when it's life, it's D&D is life. It's a part of life. <laughs> and, and because it's a part of life, we're playing, yes, in a fantasy world that has its own rules yep. and whatnot, but those rules are governed by whatever rules are in the handbook right. that has the rules. Whether that's, you know, D&D and you have player's handbook and your DMGs and all that kind of stuff, or it's a different kind of game that has it all in one codex yeah. or whatever. What we also need to realize is that we should be building our characters, and we're not going to go into character builds or whatnot. Right. But in the way that we think of optimizing our characters for combat, or optimizing mm-hmm. our characters mm-hmm. for spellcasting, or optimizing yep. our characters for being a skill monkey, yep. right? Skill monkey is probably the, the, the closest correlation to what we're talking about here. But let's find ways of increasing our actual physical stats and our actual like mechanical advantage in the game and then pair that to what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. So perhaps our mushroom farmer, right? They're going to have survival. Okay, yeah. Because they're going to know yeah. how to plant and they're yeah. going to know which crops are, yeah. or which plants are good to eat and which are not good to eat and blah, 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 blah. So why don't we add in like, this character doesn't like buying rations. Why? Because mm. they know how to make fresh food and right. find fresh food right. on the trail. So why would I buy old dehydrated whatever? I like to eat fresh food. Right. Right. And so we can take that point and add it into their, their mm-hmm. story mm-hmm. or into, into their, their, their role playing and their decisions. Right. This character likes collecting. Yeah. Wine. This character likes collecting like maybe ears or teeth of the right. enemies that they vanquished. Right. This guy likes fresh food. So yeah, he, he's a farmer. So he wakes up early in the morning. Right. Right. The rest of the party is, you know, still on last watch, whatever. He gets up, it's quiet. Hey guys, I'm just gonna go for a little walk for 15 minutes and just go forage up some breakfast. Right. And he goes out and does the thing and the rolls and blah blah blah. And that character RP choice is now reinforced by your mechanical choices on your character yep. sheet. Right. Right. And, yeah. and and then we're gonna say, no, this character is gonna have a little bit more wisdom. He's not super smart, but he he just knows how to farm. Yeah. Right. Because it's ingrained yeah. in him. Family just lessons taught mm-hmm. over generations mm-hmm. and ages, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. No, we're just going to pump up in this case. If you're in fifth head, like we're just going to pump up wisdom so that we can do survival a little bit better. No, I totally agree with that. I think um, your character mechanics mm-hmm. should come from your character itself. Mm-hmm. Not the other. I mean, you, you do the other way around. Mm-hmm. But it's a two way street. But I, yeah. Yeah. But I think for, for uh, like, really good RP that really seems to fit, um, you should mesh it with your character concept, your character um, sort of mechanic build mm-hmm. and, and sort of the, the character build. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they need to work together. Like they, there needs to be a reason for them to, to, to have like 
lore about the Underdark. Mm-hmm. Right? They can't just be because you know you're going to the Underdark, even though you're playing just some soldier who's or a guard in a city guard. He barely knows about elves. Like, don't just give him lore about the Underdark because you think that you'll be more successful, right? It's more, I think, um, sincere and genuine uh, to to not give them that lo- that, mm-hmm. that 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 lore skill because then you can RP them not knowing. Mm-hmm. Like you're 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 missing out on opportunities to RP. I mm-hmm. think uh, in order to be more mechanically successful. Well, and and you know, in that case, yes, let your character not know things so you can go and explore them in game, mm-hmm. right? But also say like. Hey, DM, you know, when we're going through this stuff, my character was a city guard. Yeah. One of the things that he had to do was patrol the sewers. So when we go into the underdark mm. and we're going through these small tunnels, is there any way that I can get like a mechanical advantage to the beginning of combat? Yeah. Because he's used to fighting in enclosed Cramp areas. Spaces, yeah. He's, if he controls what the party's kind of doing, is there some way that we can benefit as mm-hmm. we move forward? Because he's used to going through small encroached tunnels. Yeah. He's used to balancing his lantern on his shield while he's stabbing at, you know, nameless beast or monster, <laughs> monster guy. Um, monster guy. Hey, monster guy. Hey, monster hey, guy. guy. Get out guy. of the sewer. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, when, we're, when we look at these kinds of things, look for the, do look for the nuggets of transferable skills. Mm-hmm. Even if your yeah. character is yeah. naive of yeah. what's going on in the world, they still are themselves mm-hmm. and they still have a background of knowledge and a background of skills. That's even cooler. I think it is super cool. Cause like, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're, Mm-hmm. Right, and that makes your backstory matter, mm-hmm. and it makes your character more believable. Yeah, absolutely. Right, absolutely. No, I'm I'm okay not seeing the sun for a while. Why? Because I did a double duty in the sewers a bunch of times, twelve hour shifts. Right, right. Easy, easy peasy. Fighting yeah. off giant rats and whatever. And there's well, they, maybe the maybe they were just twelve hour shifts. Twelve on, twelve off. Twelve on, yeah. twelve off. Right. Yeah. Shout out to all those shift workers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're watching this in the night, good for you. But, but when, we, when we look at this, I, I think that a lot of times it becomes difficult for us to decide to, um, or difficult to comprehend how we can optimize RP. Like yes. we would optimize for combat or optimize for whatever yeah. little kind of gimmick or trick or whatever it is that your character is doing mechanically for mm-hmm. combat. I think that we need to also keep in mind that we need to optimize our decisions and our builds for role-playing as well. And, and sometimes, yeah. you know, going back to our mushroom farmer, right? What happens when the mushroom <laughs> farmer, I like the mushroom farmer guy. Who, do, who doesn't like the mushroom who farmer? Who doesn't like Come the on. mushroom farmer? Um, makes great pies. I like his soup. Mushroom pie. Ooh. Getting hungry. Um, so when we when we look at these things, what happens when, you know, mushroom farmer going back to our previous quest? He's now in that volcanic ash area around mm. the volcano. There is no more fresh food. Right, right. We can then kind of use these things to go and talk about why is the character unhappy right now? Why is mm-hmm. the character bummed? Mm-hmm. Out? Well, because he's not getting what he wants. He's closer to his goal than ever before, and yet fundamentally he's unhappy because he can't. Get that, you know, Maslow's level one. You can't check that box off, mm-hmm. right? And so then you get these dichotomy of, of emotions. Once again, the player knows that we're super close to the goal. Yeah. The character is super unhappy about it. Yeah. yeah. Right? And so, and so you can get these, these things happening where there is that kind of friction between yeah. the, the two concepts. And, and how does that act out? How does that inform the RP of the day? Mm-hmm. 
Um, and how can your character talk about that or mitigate that? Or, you know, maybe another character um, sneaks out and casts create food or something and then hides like little parcels of <laughs> right. fresh bread and pastries and whatnot just so that the other guy can go and find it. And it's like this sweet moment. I don't know. I, I, I found this croissant tree. <laughs> I found a croissant tree. What? <laughs> like... I would mushroom. I should make croissant trees. I gotta farm these mothers. Um, yeah, that's hilarious. But you know, like there's there. I think that there could be once again that investment of RP opportunity yeah. for people to interact and know. Well, we're going to effectively a food desert. Yeah. So how how is our character going to react to this? Yeah. Like how is the things in life taught him to survive this, or can he so can he be equipped? Mm-hmm. To do that? Or can it be too much? Can I decide that this character has reached his breaking point? Right. Right? Mechanically, I've prepared myself for all of these things, and it doesn't matter what I'm going to attempt because the number for success is not on the die that you're going to roll. Right. Right? How do I handle that? And, and can I, you know, either early on or later on in the story, is it advantageous for me to slam my character into a brick wall? Right. No. Right. And, and figure out how to deal with that. So I have a question then yeah. for you. Um, taking that into account, you're talking about like um, optimizing for RP. Mm-hmm. Do you think it is better to optimize for RP um, and then have the mechanics, the combat mechanics, follow that, or um, and then and then let the the DM optimize the combat encounters to the the characters, or the other way around to optimize for combat mechanics and then work your, RP, your, your, your character build or uh, character history and backstory mm-hmm. around that instead. Is there, is there a preferable method you think? I don't think they're in competition. Mm, okay. Um, I think that there's going to be, there's going to be a hierarchy of choices that you're going to have to make mm-hmm. when you start deciding, you know, what skills you take maybe. Right. Um, but conversely, <sighs> skills aren't necessarily combat related. Okay. Right. You, I mean, you know, they, they, they don't necessarily mix is what I'm saying. Right. So, right. so um, uh, maybe something I'll, I'll, I'll t- talk about in a second here, but I don't necessarily think that th- there is a huge competition between the two. Mm. I don't necessarily know that the sword fighter who practices the art of the blade who has proficiency in, let's say, history. Right. Right? The choice of um, how he views his opponent, a learned opponent, let's say, mm-hmm. not like a savage mm-hmm. kind of beast or a learned opponent, he goes, DM, can I intimidate my opponent through a physical means by doing a history check to figure out the weaknesses of the style that I recognize mm-hmm. that they're doing mm-hmm. And then through physical proximity and knowing how their sword acts, do something to just knock them off guard a little bit, parry a little extra hard or do something that they don't expect. And I want to use that as an intimidate. Like let's get a multi combo check kind of going on here. Right. Right. Like, okay, well, what are you? I'm a fighter with a sword. And that's the same character. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, And so, and so I don't, did you, did you have to sacrifice, let's say survival or athletics when you chose history instead. Okay, maybe yes. Mm-hmm. But now your character is a cerebral fighter. Right. He, right. he He's not a rural guy that goes mm-hmm. around and mm-hmm. has to, 
forage all the time because he lives in the city. Right. Like he, maybe he's a professional duelist right. or something. But now he's got these things that inform him in an RP sense that bolster him in a combat sense. Right. It's, it's just using the pieces of the puzzle that you've assembled yourself mm-hmm. to build into right. some, it's, something it's, unique that you've right. got. Okay. So I don't necessarily think that they're antagonistic. I get that. I can get yeah. that. I can, cool. I, can think, I can see how they would be if you're like, no, I need to have these five picks in order to have this optimized right. build. Right. So no, my character can't know Arcana. Right. Okay, well, then your character can't know Arcana. But they can learn it. Yeah. Right? You can spend yeah. the time studying, find the reason, and build that over time in the character. Which is Do the force RP. progression, which is RP. Yeah. 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 Ooh, I like it. I like it. Um, but it's... Like, like we've talked about a lot, I think a couple of times I mentioned it. It can be a lot, all the stuff that we're talking about. Um, oh, if, if you were if, to do if, it all at once. If you're just trying to start out. Oh, so much. Um, and I, I've heard it. What have you heard? On, on in, in the community, the people like, or like, there's this debate on, should you do a voice or should mm. you not do a voice? Okay. Right. Um, and I'm of the opinion that, um, Voices can add a lot mm-hmm. to the RP. Mm-hmm. It, it's a, it's another way of separating the levels of the player and the level of um, the characters. It lets uh, you know in your own mind who you are. Yes, mm-hmm. right. Like when you're talking about like, oh, what what, what dice should I roll in your own voice, right? Uh, and then you then in the character's voice when you you know doing stuff then you know like i'm in character i'm not in character and the yes. other players and the dm know when mm-hmm. you are in character and when you're not in it is character. a very clear signal yeah right um and it i know it, it organizes things a lot because then the players are like oh right it's not sean being rude to me mm-hmm. right it's his character being rude to my character correct right it also adds a lot of flavor to um the the your your character and the RP and a lot of sort of nuance I think, uh, but I I feel like one of the big sort of despite all the all these advantages one of the big sort of hindrances or, or sort of uh, deterrence for people to, to, to do it is that it's it feels difficult because they see oh someone's doing a like dwarf and they've got that Scottish accent because they all have Scottish accent. <laughs> The stereotypical uh, dwarf, right? Yeah. Or, or, or yeah. you know, they, they and they do it so good, right? Right. Yeah. And, or this person has uh, the, the English accent, and they do it so so good. good. And you're right. like, how? I don't know. Mine doesn't do that, right? Like, like, right? Like, I I end up sounding like something else completely, like a New Yorker or something. If I try to speak in an English accent or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I said, <laughs> when's tea? Huh? Come on, hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> I just want to crump it, huh? Um, but I, I think doing, I think most people don't realize that doing a voice isn't that difficult. Mm-hmm. If you want to, it can be as simple as um, just changing the speed that you speak in, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you know it's a completely different person, or just enunciate every single letter in the words that you speak, right? It, it's still me speaking in my voice. It's the same accent. Mm-hmm. It, it's just that small thing. Or uh, just change the way that you hold your face. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those guys listening, I'm just, I'm just sticking my lower jaw out mm-hmm. and speaking like I normally do, just with the jaw out. Right? 
or just loosen up your face or whatever, right? Or just or change your your body posture instead of setting up straight. You're just slouching, and and that'll by the nature of you changing physically, mm-hmm. it can change the way you, you speak. Right? And that that's it's a great indicator, like you said, for everybody around mm-hmm. to to have a definable sensory input that is different from the norm of whatever yeah. whatever you as the player yeah. are. Yeah. It's a great way of communicating that this is from the character. Mm-hmm. And simultaneously, it helps override your natural decision-making process as you, the player, mm-hmm. when you assume that. Because your brain flips. It's yeah. I think it's similar to people who learn to speak in different languages. Mm-hmm. Right when they speak in the different language, their brains think in different ways. Oh yeah, yep. right, yep. grammatically and you know whatever it is. But when you switch to speaking in um, a different language, then you think in a different pattern. So when we yes. add that physical characteristic of switching into something, maybe they they've always got a knife and they're always cleaning their their nails with their knife. So right. so you sit back and while you're RPing, you just kind of look at your nails the whole time and just kind of clean them. Right. Fake clean them, whatever it is. Right. You don't talk to people, you talk to your nails. Yeah, you talk to your hand all the yeah. time, right? And you just so people know talk to the hand. The other kind of talking to the hand. <laughs> um people will know when they look at it to expect that this is now in character. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and they understand and they will clearly sort this information mm-hmm. differently in their own minds. No, I find your comparison to to the way that when you, in real life, when you speak a different language, you think differently. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's very true um, because a language isn't just a different set of gram- uh, grammatic rules Mm-mm. and words and pronunciations. It comes with an associated um, culture Absolutely. behind those and, and, and sort of meaning behind um, sort of how they speak and why, right? For example, um, English speakers will say no in Japanese speakers typically will say maybe, mm-hmm. right? Because it's it's in their culture. They have the word no, right? But typically they'll say uh, maybe or that's a little. They just don't like saying no outright. Correct. Right. Um, and because and there's a whole cultural yeah. So, yeah, so, I was so say that's so if you're a super huge weight of culture behind yeah, the decision. So if you're super fluent in Japanese, you will be cognizant of of those cultural yes sort of um, biases and, mm-hmm. and 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 sort of. Um, influences mm-hmm. in the way that you speak and the same thing to a lesser degree i think uh, if you change your voice in uh, while you rp it sort of does the same thing psychologically to you yes yeah. and but that's that's why it as you're saying like a simple first step mm-hmm. is to change something yeah. small but noticeable right, right? right. It, it needs to be enough different to you and to everybody around mm-hmm. you and like you said Anyone can speak slower. Or anyone can speak really fast. Yeah, they can talk really fast because they're really excited. And they're yep. just ringing that jumbo and they don't want to. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay. So this is this is also once again informing your character decisions and mm-hmm. whatnot. When you when you slink down and you talk really fast and quiet and you don't really say it, that that informs a type of character. Yeah. yeah. Right? When you sit back and broaden your chest and you speak slowly maybe a little bit deeper than normal, right? That, that mm-hmm. creates another kind of idea of what that character looks like. Yeah. And you haven't changed much. Yeah. But you have very clearly made a change. Yeah. Right? And so everyone can identify yeah. that. So yeah, if you, if you think that your Scottish brogue is more Scottish bruh, 
right? Like, <laughs> you know, that's, that's okay. And, and why not then have fun and explore that anyway? Yeah. Right. Like yeah. I, I, I find that I have to watch sometimes or else my, my accents and my whatever, yeah. they, they, they squeeze over to something else. So I yeah. was uh, a Scottish, uh, Scottish speaking kind of dwarf. Sure. Uh, but now somehow I'm a Jamaican pirate. And I don't know how I got here, but I am here now. And so, whoops, I, I wasn't comfortable and casual enough in it. And right, yeah, yeah. right. Practice. Exactly. And it's fine to not be perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't think anyone in the table is going to be like, what was that? And, and, and sort of, well, if, and if they are like that, let's, let's, let's talk about that in session zeros. Right. Yes. Outside, outside of that. Right. Because, um, but I bet you it's going to be more, what was that? That was awesome. Awesome. As the please, subtext, right? Please do that, that more. That was crazy. I can't believe that you did that. Like, or, that's so cool. Or oh, that makes me want to try to. Yeah. We're so happy that you're comfortable enough to decide that you want to try and mm-hmm. maybe make yourself look a little silly. Yeah. Right? We're so happy that you're comfortable enough to do that around us. Please continue. Right? Like, you're, you're, I, I bet for most tables and for most groups… Yeah you're comfortable with the group they're going to support these changes yeah even if you've been playing that character in a long haul campaign mm-hmm. and now you're two years in and all of a sudden you're like this is the voice that yeah. i would like to do yeah. they're going to support those decisions mm-hmm. yeah because yeah. once again they're recognizing that you are creating a higher level of rp and they're going to yeah. enjoy that yeah i mean and if you're really sort of sort of insecure about it just practice at home the the best DMs in the world talk in the washroom to themselves. They admit right? it. And make voices. And and if you didn't know, they they'd sound like a crazy person, right? Mm-hmm. Like do that in the car by yourself. I like drive-thrus. <laughs> to, to be honest, it's it's one of my own kind of private little laughs because the person on the other end of that little box that you're ordering as you're going through the drive-thru, they, they don't care. Right? They yeah. they have their own problems and this is their job. And yeah. even if they love their job. You, they, they have nothing to compare you to. You're yeah. just a voice in their ear yeah. as you go through. So, you know, if you want a burger, may I please have a hamburger? <laughs> uh, yeah, you want cheese on that? Sorry, no Jamaican pirates here. <laughs> no, no <laughs> pirates. Uh, sad. Yeah, no pirates. Pirates. Sadly, I have no burger today. <laughs> please, sir, a burger. Um, you know, why, why not <laughs> do these things if you feel comfortable enough to do it? But yeah. ultimately... People are generally engrossed in their own mind and their own world so much yeah. that they don't notice what other people are doing. No. And they don't care what other people are doing. And if anything else, you might add a smile to their day because then yeah. they'll be like, I served a guy that sounded like a pirate today. It yeah. was super yeah. weird. Yeah. I was in a bad mood. But then this like Jack Sparrow type came through and we were like, oh, that's hilarious. And then the staff laughed about it for the yep. next two hours. Yep. And then they're going to forget about you like in two days. E- Anyways, easily, unless you go every day, unless you, which yeah. is epic in its own sense. There you go, there you go, walking through the door. <laughs> yeah. So, do it because mm-hmm. I think the the amount of whatever it is that you're feeling, yeah, it dissipates for everyone else, mm-hmm. and for you, it's a great learning experience. Yes, yeah. it's pushing on those boundaries once again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, so another way I think that maybe you can start off your experience mm-hmm. if. If you don't want to go all the way, okay, right? I have a a secondary kind of idea, thought of how you can get yourself out there and increase. (laughs) Never go full. Um, 
how you can get out there and really experience things without having to worry about the spotlight falling on you. Okay. If if you are at heart a wallflower and this mm-hmm. is your Mm-hmm. trying to pull away from it or you're you're amongst a group of veterans and you feel really nervous even though i bet they're supporting you yeah you still feel really nervous yeah um i think maybe you can forget about the idea of being the main character mm-hmm. okay like really decide that you're not the main character in this story you are a character and yep. you are an important character in this story. Yep. But find somebody else in your session zeros, in your gameplay, as you're going along. Because we're talking about, uh, you know, advantage with this role playing as we're continuing to mm-hmm. play the character through time. Mm-hmm. Find another character that your character can find inspiration from or motivation from. Okay. They, they, they see that it would be great for this city guard to become the great warrior that he's read about or talked right. about. And he wants to, that's, you know, the stereotypical bard character. I want to tell your story, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm going to follow you around and I'm going to make your exploits amazing and right. glorious. Right. Yeah. right. I'm not the main character. The story that I'm writing is about you. You're the main character, Mr. Fighter Soldier. Guy, right. And I'm going to follow you. And, and in that sense, you don't necessarily have to worry about um, fulfilling all of these things, right? Jumping on every hook, expanding mm-hmm. yourself, getting mm-hmm. yourself to the end goal because your end goal is to support another character into their end goal. Yeah. So it, it relieves you of the sense necessarily of forethought, even though you've already done that to say that I'm going to support <laughs> yeah. somebody else, Yeah. right? But it's, it's great to say like, hey, what I really want to explore is the bond I can create within the party. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to maximize. I want to maximize the idea that we are not a group of cell swords going out and right. just murdering and butchering and slaughtering our way to fame and glory. What we are was a group of people that came together because of whatever. Right. And now we've grown into the band, right? Or the group right. or the party or right. the, the whatever. And we we are a group of friends or comrades. Right. We, or we came in as a squad of soldiers. We came out and now we're brothers. blood brothers, yeah. right? Or we're, we're, yeah. whatever, whatever kind of words or whatever feeling you want to apply to the, the tone of your campaign, be that. Um, and when you do that, I think like we talked about, you have to lean in. You have yeah. to listen to the other people's stories or you have to choose where you want to bolster them. And ultimately, you need to care. Yep. you need to express yep. that you and or your character cares about the people around them, mm-hmm. right? And you, you adding in that passion and that drive and that support to other people, yeah, think is is kind of a an interesting way of playing a character, right? Right, and choosing choosing to allow yourself to really allow that natural progression, allowing other people kind of dictate where the story is going. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even in media, there's an Oscar for best supporting actor. Yep. Right? Like, yep. Adding, you need them. Adding you to the them. story is yeah. as important as the story itself. Yep. But it doesn't carry the weight of the story on your shoulders specifically. Right. Let another character deal with that trope. Let you deal with, you know, Samwise getting Frodo to the mountain. Frodo has to break the ring. Right? Right. They have two distinctly different ideas of what their goal is right. but would frodo have made it without sam no, no. 
No. And the, in the way the story was told, he yeah. wouldn't have. Sam carries him, right? Because he can't carry the ring. They understand their roles. Yeah. They understand. Sam understands that he's not the main character, even though arguably I think he's the yeah, main right. character. Yeah, right. Arguably. Right? Like, he understands, or the, the character as a concept understands that they don't carry the weight of the world. They just carry the weight of their brother. Yeah. And so playing a character that has that idea frees you from a lot like I said, of those future decisions, that future weight, mm-hmm. and it really brings your scope in so that you can make this, you know, the, the, the home is where the heart is kind of thing, right. right? Be the heart and the passion and the, and the care and attention of your group because that's hard too. Yeah. Right? To, to, right. For some people to create that kind of emotional bond and mm-hmm. that emotional IQ or EQ or whatever you want to call it and add it into the game right. and yeah. really kind of pound that into that spot. Um, I think is going to be, yeah, difficult. And it's going to be an area where a lot of people could try and create growth. Well, and I think not a lot of people are, are inherently talented at doing that. Adding that, that emotionality into the group. Mm-hmm. A lot of us are gamers, mm-hmm. right? And we, we, we view it as, as, as a game, mm-hmm. right? Um, but, in, but to have someone add sort of that humanity in there mm-hmm. um, would do a lot. Like, what are you guys? We can't kill all the bandits. Mm-hmm. They're, they're brothers, fathers, sisters, mothers. Mm-hmm. That they're, they're people. Like, all of a sudden, the, the paladin's like, oh, wait, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't just murder them in cold blood. Right? Right. Just having someone play that role mm-hmm. in the party. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. It's good. Um, and it's, maybe it might even be essential to have someone, at least one person to 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 fill out that aspect well, and, and it's it goes i like what you're saying mm-hmm. and it goes beyond lawful goody two-shoes right right like okay why is it always stereotypically of course but why is it always that the cleric and the paladin are responsible for the morale of the right. or, sorry the morality yeah. of the group not the morale the morality <laughs> of of what are we doing is it Come on, boys, we got there. Yeah, is it objectively good? Is it objectively <laughs> evil, right? Are we the bad guys type thing when you get far enough down the road? Right. Um, the, reminding the paladin of, yes, there's five things that you said that you would do, not four. You keep forgetting about the fifth one, right? Mercy is important or whatever oath it is that you took. But reminding them in a gentle way that, hey, is this who we want to be? Right. Right? Because right. I don't care about the ending, perhaps, but if we keep shifting our course one degree towards evil every yeah. session, well, eventually we're going to be evil. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And this is unfortunate, and is this what we want? And no, we need to create that, you know, the <laughs> Mr. Kid number five and Captain Planet, right? The heart ring. Oh. <laughs> what, what do you do? Maybe he did more than we thought he did, right? Maybe because people could create earthquakes and windstorms yeah. and tsunamis, and he's just like, guys, is this right? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he was the most important part in keeping them as heroes. Yes. As opposed to just selling their powers to the highest bidder. Mm-hmm. Mr. Luton and Pluton. There you go. There you go. So there's there is this idea. Um, and I think all players can add more passion for the game mm-hmm. and more care and attention to the people around them. And whether you make that your choice as the thing that you're deciding on as yep. a simple change for your character or not, every player can up their game by caring more about not, yeah. not only their story, 
but right. everyone else's story around them. Um, and you know, that's, that's one of the ways that I think it would super good for you. And, and ultimately let's say that you're looking for a hero and you thought the hero was the fighter and you're writing the story and you realize that the fighter's not so much of a hero. Right. And that you're the hero. And so you've decided now that you've role played a bunch and you're, you're 10, 15, 20 sessions, whatever mm-hmm. it is in. And you're like, you know what? I'm actually the hero. I'm going to become the main character now, right? I'm going to become my own main character now. Start doing it. Your, your story doesn't have to start at, at session one. Right. And there's nothing to say that every character can't be the hero. Because after all, we're all the, our own, the heroes of our own story. We definitely can be. Right? Yeah. Like whether we, we win or not, like we're, we're the protagonists of our own story. Absolutely. I agree with that statement. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, we don't all manage to be heroes, mm-hmm. but we are the, the main character in mm-hmm. our own stories. Right? So in, in some ways, I think whether your role as a main character in your story is to be supporting someone else, someone else's work or not, um, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right? I think you should treat yourself and your character as the main character. Mm-hmm. Right? Knowing that it, it is, doesn't have to interfere with other people's or other characters, main characters. No, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think if you come at it from the idea where you, you moved through best supporting role to main character role, mm-hmm. that you're, you're still going to create those bonds and you're going to create a greater foundation and a greater network of allyship or friendship in the group mm-hmm. that you can then kind of move forward from that as a stronger position of character development. Yeah. Of character development. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sure Samwise Gamgee did not see himself as a supporting character. I'm sure he saw himself as the main character. This is my life. This is what I have to deal with. I have a friend. Oh. I'm going to support him. He's not like, oh, I don't, I don't he's think the so. main no, character. I think he knew. And, and he, he came from, so. uh, and Samwise the Brave. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> he has a last name. <laughs> Brave. Uh, <laughs> no, he came, he came from it culturally. I will we'll dig it a little bit, but he came culturally from a place where Frodo was a class above. He was always mm-hmm. Mr. Frodo because Frodo yeah. was the son of Bilbo who did this magnificent thing. Right. Right. And they had riches and money and they were affluent and whatnot because he was a, an expert burglar and all of these <laughs> right, things. Right. right. So Frodo was a, maybe friends with, but Sam realized that Frodo was the main character. Frodo was a higher. I don't know. I mean, Elon Musk uh, is much higher than me, but I don't, I don't see him as a main character of my life. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you, you, you've chosen to do that. Your culture and your background don't support that kind of idea. Whereas this one, at least in the community, Frodo was in a higher position than Sam. Yeah. Um, was Sam his butler or his servant? No, but mm-hmm. he did. He did take his cues from Frodo being the leader of the group or the face of the group. Right, right. I, I, th- I think is the way it kind of. At least that's the way it speaks to me. Right. Interesting. Is that the background supported that Sam? Yeah, was that supporting role all yeah. the way through, and he played that supporting role. Right. He always looked mm-hmm. out for the for Frodo's best interests. He always, even with like Smeagol and whatnot. Right. He definitely made sure that it wasn't him he was worried about. There's not enough food for you, Mr. Frodo, because Smeagol ate it or Smeagol did it. And there was that whole triangle. Anyway, right, whatever. Right, right. 
But I, I think that, that that character was is an interesting character. We could talk about it Lord of the Rings forever. Um, but <laughs> check out that podcast. No, I'm lying. The, the <laughs> other one, the other one um, that I wanted to kind of briefly talk about okay. is um, the idea of how your character learns and how your character is to kind of further separate okay. them from you. Okay. Um, and, and as a fun little kind of thing, and mm-hmm. this is, this is where I want people to jump in the comments and tell me how you think this would get broken up or how you would break this up differently is in our four types of learning. So we know that generally as people, we have kinesthetic learning, visual, auditory, and study. Okay. Um, so why can't we break that into our character stats? And say a fighter is probably a kinesthetic learner, mm-hmm. right? So they use their strength, their dexterity, their constitution to really learn their craft. Okay. A wizard probably learns through um, visual charts, graphs, figures, right? How do we manipulate the physical okay. realm to cast these okay. spells? Um, we talk about perhaps clerics and priests types who learn from books of knowledge and wisdom and whatnot. And they apply mm-hmm. that wisdom mm-hmm. into faith to pull down from their, their gods, right. this energy, which then led me to kind of that um, auditory of a charisma caster. How does it, will they, the bards go to a college where they sing and they learn how to okay. craft their music okay. through. And I, okay. And it, yeah. Some of them. Just, yeah. No, and I know yeah. this is, this is a loose kind of interpretation, yeah. but maybe this is how we can, create a vehicle for our characters to change over time Mm. right the bard talks a lot well the bard talks a lot because talking is how he learns he learns stories by talking telling his story and listening to other stories right right meanwhile the wizard's in the corner reading more and looking at the charts and designing more of these patterns meanwhile the cleric is understanding their faith Right. Right. And take these things and maybe this is how the characters accept change through these different rubrics. Hmm. Right. That the, the evolution of the characters RP is changed through the way that their intellect or that their learning style dictates that they should. And yes, break tropes, move things around. Right. But if we were to take them kind of as, as that breaks down. Okay. Right. Why isn't it interesting that the bard character will talk with the party or talk with NPCs to discover more story hooks, right? Why can't the fighter go and work out with the town guard in the morning right. to help keep them fit or whatnot, and then create bonds and right. story progression right. that way, mm-hmm. right? Why can't we use these types of how we would, ch- we change and the four styles that we used to learn, exemplify one and pick one to try and play with. Interesting. As, as a vehicle to, to as, change our character. As a vehicle right. to inform RP and to right. change your character right. and how they learn and experience lessons. Mm. It's interesting. It's different. And I, I know it's kind of weird. And it's, no, I kind of like it because it's another sort of lens that you can filter mm-hmm. uh, your character's actions mm-hmm. and thoughts through. Um, that, again, adds consistency and sort of this conti- continuity of, of character through mm-hmm. multiple sessions. Mm-hmm. I like it. You know, why does, why does, you know, when we talk about way back, when we talk about character tropes and character things that they do, why is it that the fighter polishes his sword every night? Right. Right. Is it because he wants a cool, shiny looking blade? Is it because number two, he likes to make sure that his equipment's, you mm-hmm. know, keen and updated? Or number three, is it a way that the character bonds with his equipment? 
and creates kind of like, no, I know every nick, scratch, right. and cut in this blade, and I can tell you the story behind it. And I polish it because I remember every one of those lessons, mm-hmm. and I'm reminded when I take care of this blade that this blade takes care of me. Right. And so that's my thing is I polish my blade. I'm just and reviewing when, my lessons for the day. And when I, and when I get a new blade, yeah. I still polish the old one. I never use it, but I still bring it out and I still clean it and I still mm. polish it because those lessons right. are, are what I need to remember. And then you're like, oh, wow. Now it's, it's not just a dude with a sword. It's a dude with like eight swords. <laughs> it's a dude with eight swords. <laughs> <laughs> Cloud. Um, <laughs> but but there's, there's a way of telling the character's story in a unique manner. Yeah. That, that well, because it's almost like, why do you have so many swords? You don't ever use one. Well, let me tell you. Yeah, right? It's something now. Yes, right? let me tell you. And then you, you pull out a sword and you tell a story. Yeah. And whether that's a story that actually existed, mm-hmm. right, in the game, you remember the time, or it's a story from their backstory. Right. No, this Nick right here is when I lost my father. Or the fighter got kidnapped. And now there's a trail of swords through the <laughs> forest. Why are there so many swords in this forest? Oh no, Boromir. Um, <laughs> Boromir. <laughs> but but it's it's a great way of using a collection or using a thing to yeah. inform the identity of the character by how they learn lessons. Right. Yeah. Right. And and once again, make a two-way street there. How they learn lessons creates more of the texture of the world that they keep around them. Right. The wizard has lots of books. Yep. The bard has lots of stories. Mm-hmm. The fighter has lots of swords. Right. Right. And and you can go about these things and I think really inform a cool, unique character and a cool, unique yeah. idea that I don't know is a lot. And, it, and like I said, it's very vague. And yeah. it's just, I'm just kind of rattling this off. But I think that there's an idea there that can really be used to, like we said, mm-hmm. add more onto what you're doing yep. so that you can make better choices and better informed choices yeah it's all about really solidifying an identity for your character because mm-hmm. they're because they're really nothing and without you putting it into them mm-hmm. right so you have to the more ways you can do that um mm-hmm. the more real they become mm-hmm. the more real they are the more sort of interesting rp is i think mm-hmm. well it's just like recipes when you're cooking yeah right do you do you add a little paprika or do you add a little like garlic powder right one's gonna taste good one's probably not going to taste good in whatever the context is, right? Right. But maybe sometimes you add in the bad stuff anyway. Yeah. Fortunately, you taste, you taste, you taste as you go, and then you correct and you change. Right. Yeah. Right? Be yeah. like water, my friends. Be like no. water. Um, but, you know, that's, I think that's a great way of talking about how to just take wherever you are yeah. and bump it up a level. Right. right. More intention, bump more care. Bump it on down the road. Um. And and look at the things that you're doing and where you can yep. progress. And like we talked about before, do a true analyzation of yourself mm-hmm. and say, oh, you know what? I'm weak in voices. Yeah. So when I'm in the shower, instead of singing, I'm going to do this, do whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to talk like this. And I'm just going to talk to myself as a form of maybe meditation. Yeah. Express ideas. Mm-hmm. What do I need? My to-do list today brought to you by... Right, whatever, whatever you know, thing that you want to practice. Brought to you by caffeine and cantrips. Yeah, well, or uh, I was going to say an accent, but you know, if <laughs> when you're reminding yourself in the morning, or you're going through kind of your day or whatnot, yep. why not do it in a different voice? Mm-hmm. Right? Why not go through the drive-through and do that? Yeah. Why not talk to your friend who also plays 
D&D or another TTRPG that knows your character, just talk to your best friend on the phone in a different voice. Yeah. And they might go, what, what are you doing? Or, or use they, a voice when you're being salty on Call of Duty <laughs> or whatever, right? That's like the best place. <laughs> or practice caring and lower uh, the toxic right. level of the right. world. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Not not being salty. No, don't be salty. Um, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, yeah, when you're insulting people <laughs> applying league, you can you can do it in a in a French accent instead. <laughs> but whatever whatever it is, um, yeah, tell I think maybe yeah. get in the comments, tell us how you think um like the biggest step that you took and that rewarded you in in bringing up your mm-hmm. RP. Or maybe what's the scariest thing about doing it? like what's 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 that one thing that you kind of want to do but you're scared to? And what's holding right? you back? Yeah, what's holding you back? Yeah. It'd be interesting to know as well. Ooh, confessions of an RP. Oh we'll see if there's any good if there's good enough comments, we'll uh we'll we'll, we'll dedicate an entire episode to it. Or we'll DM so this person. Yeah. <laughs> Chauncey three three four says their voice is squeaky. Squeaker makes squeaky. Um, <laughs> no, of course not. We're not to say that squeaky voice people are are bad. You're great, Chauncey. Chauncey, <laughs> uh, stupid Chauncey. So let us know. Yes. Help us help you. And if there is if there is real barriers to what you're doing, um, or you mm. have explored an idea, like I put Sean on the spot earlier. You've explored an idea and how do I create more value out of this scenario, Mm -hmm. right? I have a party that doesn't want to engage. Yeah. How do I get them to do something? Let us know. Um, We'll we'll throw some stuff at you directly um, and then let us know if it works or if it doesn't work. And then other people will jump on as well and say what they've done in their similar circumstances and we'll spread some solutions. Yeah, wonderful. Well, that was great. uh, did you, I, I think I've said everything that I've got to say on this subject for now, at least. Yeah. Anything else for you? I no, no. I think I've brought up some some ideas, and we've we've definitely put some first first foot forwards. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, I guess that brings it to a wrap. Um, Wicked. Yeah. Thanks for joining us again for Caffeine and Cantrips. Um, I'm Sean, and I'm Byron, and this has been Caffeine and Cantrips. Uh, join us next time, or else. Or else. Right there. Hmm? You alright? Do I not look okay? <laughs> no, do I? Yeah. Okay. Do I not look okay? Is there something you didn't tell me? <laughs> <laughs>